It's a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. Word and let your word come and bring entrance and illumination into our hearts and our spirits. Unfold to us the mystery of the understanding of scriptures and the revelation that goes with Rima. Bring us Rima, a seasoned word, refined for this occasion, refined for today's challenges, refined that this week. By the voice of the set man, by the voice of prophets, release for us an impartation. Transfer in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. The, the subject we will be discussing as I project you into a new level of anointing that is coming into this church, it's, it's a very interesting one. The, at the first hearing of it, you may think that it's not a thing that can be achieved. It is, it is not achievable. But I, as I unfold the word of God to you, you will know that it is achievable. Now, the subject is creating a dwelling place for God. Creating a dwelling place for God. And I know that somebody is asking me, Hi, what is this man talking about? Do you know the size of God? How big he is? How can I create a place for God to dwell in? But I come here as a prophet of the Most High God to expound to you the word of God that it is possible for a dwelling place to be created here on this earth for God to dwell permanently. Such that he will not desire to leave. It is possible. It is possible. And the reason why though it is possible, it is difficult, is because as I go through the series with you, you will notice that when God comes to dwell permanently with you, hide the blessings you cannot count. Can you imagine God living in your house? And you are talking to God face to face like the men of old. Which witch and which devil and which situation? Before you go to the visa interview, he tells you already, son, in today's meeting, the person over there is an agent of the devil. So go and withdraw your application. I will show you when I will put an angel over there and you go and receive your visa. Who doesn't want such a face-to-face conversation with God? Who doesn't want it? Who doesn't want a conversation like this? My daughter, you are supposed to travel to Kumasi, but I wanted to cancel the trip and go next week because the devil of has, has, has prepared a, an accident at Nyamransa Junction. Nyamransa Junction is a Cape Coast, eh? The, the devil is waiting for you over there. So cancel the trip. Don't go. I, listen, how many of you wouldn't like to hear God's voice like you are hearing my voice? And yet you think it is so difficult. Today, tomorrow, Tuesday, and next Friday, coming Friday, our subject is creating a dwelling place for God. The foundation text is Psalm 
76. Psalm 76. Verses 1 and 2. Psalm 76. In Judah, God is known. Powerful statement. In Judah will God be known. In Judah will God be seen. In Judah will God be recognized. In Judah will God be identified. That is the meaning of the word known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle. Salem is one of the cities in Judah. And so usually they will mention Judah by various names. When they say Jerusalem, they are talking about Judah. When they say Judah, you know they are talking about. When they say city of David, they are referring to Judah. When they say Salem, they are referring to, to Judah. And then and the, and the, 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 the verse that concludes by saying Zion. Zion also refers to Judah. Just as Accra is known by many, many names. Accra, Makola, those abroad, when they are coming to Accra, they say, Mikokotoka. but we all know they are coming to Accra. So, Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. I want you to appreciate something. The whole counsel of God as exposed in the word of God is about restoration. I'll say that again. The whole counsel of God the word from Genesis to Revelation, the purpose, one single word that underscores the totality of the word of God is restoration. Why restoration? Because God made man to, to live after his likeness, to be in his image, to have a certain character and nature of God. The man lost it by sin. And then as a result of which man died spiritually. As a result of which sicknesses began to invade the bodies of men. As a result of which men began to live adulterous lives. Uh, worshipping idol- idols and, and becoming, uh, 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 um, uh, what do you call it? Worshipping idols. Uh, becoming idolatrous. Is that not the word? Men lost fellowship with God and lost contact with God such that darkness became man's portion instead of light so God set in a process of restoration to bring man back to himself to bring man back to the family of God to bring man back to the original story of creation let us make man in our image after our likeness that is the original story that is the original purpose of God and you will notice that for this single act and process of restoration, God prophesied through Isaiah for 750 years, of course, together with other prof- prophets, about the coming of this one man. Why? Because God wanted mankind to be prepared. It is like your, 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 your husband travels for two, three years to read PhD. And then finally, he was coming home. If you were a wife, what would you do? Oh my God. You would look for painters and the house would be painted. 
you change all the old clothes of your children because you don't want your husband to come to say, oh, Ajua, you didn't look after my children well. So you prepare. So for 750 years, God was expecting mankind to prepare for the coming of Jesus, which underlines and seals and underscores the counsel of God. That is restoration. Yet what happened? When Jesus Christ came, they couldn't recognize him. They called him names, threw him out, spat upon his face, crucified him, made him naked, called him names. Isn't it sad? How man can miss God's visitation. Isn't it sad? And sometimes we criticize the men who refused to accept Jesus in, in their time. Hey! If you were there, you would have done the same thing. Even right now, see how difficult it was for you to become born again, to come into church. First of all, I had to become alcoholic. You started chasing women before. You caused some abortions and went to discos and did everything. Some of you, you have AIDS. Now that you have tested positive and you know you are going to die, you have come to church. Am I being real with you? Is it true? And some of some of you, very wealthy, when you squandered all the money and the money got finished, then you run to church. But it's okay. God loves you, even the same as you are. It's it's all part of restoration. Somebody say restoration. I can't hear you. Somebody say restoration. You will notice that in this restoration, it was not man that went after God. It was God that came after man. For God himself, the word, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So when I say that creating a dwelling place for God, I can substantiate it and support it by the word of God, that God, because he is after you, and he longs for you, and he wants you, wherever you are, he wants to come there. But now you must create a place for him to dwell, so that when he comes, he comes to live and stay. Oh, please, don't miss your visitation. Please. Please. Don't. Don't. Do not miss your visitation. In the process of restoration, God is seeking to achieve three things. Write them down quickly as the preamble to the series. God is seeking to achieve three things in man's life by the process of restoration. Number one, God is interested in getting back to man. He wants to come back to man. So he left his kingdom above, left all his glories, took on the position of servanthood and became a bond servant and lived amongst men. God left and came down because in this restoration process, he wants man to come back to him. As a matter of fact, what God is saying is that The devil does not own you. 
Your talent is not to glorify the devil with your musical talent. Your money does not belong to devil, so you don't give your money to the devil. If our God is saying that everything you have does not belong to the devil, it belongs to him. It's only the devil that has stolen. As a matter of fact, he's the only thief that we know. Everybody comes into the world by birth. Everybody must be born. Even Christ Jesus was born. The only difference between you and Christ is that Christ was not born through man. He was born through the Holy Ghost, but he came through a woman. Now check the background of the devil. He's the one who was not born. He was driven and came. So he came through the back door. And anybody who comes through the back door is a thief. That is why God wants to make sure anything of his which the devil has taken out of your life, he will restore it to you. He will bring it back to you. Are you hearing what I am saying? Are you ready to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Somebody say, Father, I thank you. Say it again. Lord, I thank you. The second thing God wants to achieve in the process of restoration is to get man to create a spiritual environment in his heart for God to dwell in. God wants man to create a spiritual environment conducive for a dwelling. The Bible says he that wants to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, God is a spirit. He says, hey, if you want to contact me, you must contact me through the spirit. <laughs> I am a spirit. I am a man. Anybody who wants to talk to me must talk to me as a man. I speak English and tree and gun. So if you want to communicate with me, do so in the language that I understand. How did your male dog impregnate your female dog? Well, aren't you amazed? The male dog understood the language of the female dog. That I'm ready. Climb me and impregnate me. How did those cockroaches in your house multiply? Because the male cockroaches heard the language of the female cockroaches and they did the thing. And they laid the eggs and infested your house. Cockroaches talk to cockroaches. And dogs talk to dogs. They eat together and they sleep together. Nobody who wants to speak to God must be a spiritual being to be able to connect to God. You, you should be able to understand the language of God to be able to speak to God. Oh, is somebody shouting yes? But the problem God has with us is that whereas we don't understand his language, he too, he doesn't understand our language. So God is saying something, we are saying another thing. And we assume that we understand each other. Hey, be a spiritual being. Before God can hear you because he is a spirit. He is not, he, he is, God is not a God. No, is he an American? He's not a Japanese. 
He is a spirit. Create a spiritual environment for God. Number three, in this process, God is actually looking for a place on earth where he can dwell. Believe me, and any pastor that catches this revelation will be successful in ministry. God is looking for a place in Takradi where his presence will be known. In Judah is God known. So if you are a pastor and you catch this revelation and you will do everything to bring down the presence of God, create a dwelling place for God in your church, God will be there. And when God comes there, all your congregation will see. And all visitors, when they come here, they will know it. And they will go and they will bring others and they will bring others and they will bring others. When God is not there, they don't have any business coming there. Because some of them, they have gone to churches for several years already. Some of them are class leaders. Some of them are, are, are secretaries of their churches. Why would they leave and come and join your small church in a classroom? Something must be there. You must create an environment, a presence. God's dwelling place must be there. Then they will see the need to leave and come. Royal house, listen to me. We want to, if you want to be a church with a difference, then we must hold on to the vision and the calling that God has given unto us. That is the only thing that will make us unique. The moment we desire to be like others, we are finished. God is looking for a place on this earth. He's, he's looking for a, a church where his presence will dwell. Some of the churches are dead. No power, no worship, no anointing. Sin, flesh, lust. study the Bible Old Testament one thing that cuts across is the desire of the patriarchs to know God all these men believe me they never saw God they don't even know how God is whether he's tall or short but some way some are from Genesis chapter 4 Abel and Cain began to look, look for God now, how were they looking for God? Through their sacrifices. Now, what is the, what is sacrifice? They just came and they said, ah, we look at the skies. We, we, we see the mountains. And there is nothing that can convince us that there is no God. What? The trees. The best. One moment there is the sun is on. Another moment the sun is off. And then you go and the following morning the sun is there again. And this thing continues. Fresh air, water, you are drinking salt. And you come and tell me the world is created by evolution. My God, I am not stupid. I am too intelligent for me to accept what you are telling me. Eh, eh, the, the world evolved through, through eh, eh, we are all particles of atom. And over the years, the atom metamorphosized. 
uh, and then and then uh, they, they took on uh, uh, another shape, eh? and then the cells they divided, and then uh, blah 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 blah. And then the first stage, we Africa, according to read the blood, they said the blood. The first stage was that we became monkeys, foolish people. What do you see by face? Do I look like a here to my doom? Do I look like a monkey? Handsome man carefully and majestically created by God and giving me the intelligence of God and the wisdom of God you tell me I am an ape I come from monkey your grandmother is monkey not me oh come on give the Lord a mighty celebration and shout hallelujah somebody shout three times I am blessed say it again Say it again. Hallelujah. Amen. I am not a monkey. I, I was created by God. And, and when I see the things around, I know that surely there must be a God behind all these things. There must be a deity behind all this creation. There must be a supernatural hand that is moving in the face of man. And by this God, I cannot see. And so what they did was that they built altar. They built an altar. Abel and Cain built an altar. Noah built an altar. Abraham built an altar. Moses built an altar. David they built an altar. And you know what? When they built the altar, they would just go and build before this altar. They said, Ah, we 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 looking around, we can't see God, but we know that there is a God. So this God, wherever you are, we are bringing you sacrifice. Take the sacrifice, and most of them will come and sacrifice lambs, offerings, and then strangely, the following day. If, for example, Abraham was looking for a son, his wife gets pregnant at the age of 90. He said, ah, this thing, it works. There is a God. Moses, for example, he wanted to know the name of this God. He said, God, so, if, 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 if I go, and then they, 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 they ask me, what, what, what is your name? What should I tell them? And then God says, look at somebody. Tell them the God of your fathers, Abraham, and the God of your fathers, Isaac and Jacob, has sent you. I am. It's my name. Go and tell them. And then Moses said, is that all? He said, what are you holding in your hand? He said, I have the rod. He said, drop the rod. He dropped the rod. That it turns to a snake. He said, hey. He said, pick it. He said, my God. It will bite me. And the God said, it won't bite you. Pick it. He picks that intention into a rod. <laughs> Put your hand in your armpit. He puts his hand in your armpit. Remove it. That thing becomes leprous. Please restore my hand. Please restore my hand. And then his hand restores. He said, now will you go? He said, yes sir. He said, I will go. Why will you go? Because now he has seen God. He has seen God. Hey, you are going to see God in your life. Rise up and shout hallelujah. Hey, I said you will see God. When you create a dwelling place for him, you will see him. You will notice that anytime God visits a man, then the man begins to behave abnormally. Number one, Notice, all of them built altars. Why? 
because they are bringing out the presence of God. They, they want that God, his beauty and deity and his glory and power to come down. And the only way is to build an altar. Another way for the altar is tabernacle. Now temple. Without a temple, there can be no worship of God. Can you imagine royal house if we didn't have a temple? And we worshiped at Carnage Market. And the next time we go, and we go to Kaswa. And the next time we come to, there will be no congregation. It is this building that has guarded us. Because this place is virtually there for some. Every day of the week, there are people that are coming here. Every day of the week. In fact, last time I was making some statistics. And in this, our church, 20,000 people pass here every week. Sunday services, at Monday, uh, uh, foundation school activities, at Tuesday service, at Wednesday, at those, even these days, Thursdays, you come here and there are cars over here. At Friday, at another Saturday, you are getting 20,000 people walking across this auditorium, this house, for various meetings. If there was no temple, if there was no tabernacle, if there was no altar, how, how were we going to gather the people of God? Then number two, anytime they made the altar, they put sacrifices on the altar. And their sacrifices were their offering. And then number three, when they put their sacrifices, they gave God worship. Gave him worship. So three things always try to do three things number one by their altars and worship and sacrifices and offerings number one they were attempting to contact heaven they always attempted to contact heaven to make contact with heaven because they know that there is a supreme being somewhere. There is, there is a great God somewhere who is controlling the affairs of the world. That God must be powerful. But we don't know him. We haven't seen him. But we want to get contact with him. So they will build an altar. They will give sacrifice. They will give worship. Number two. By their actions... They were attempting to communicate their love to God. Communicating their love to God. That's amazing. Abel was trying to was trying to communicate his love to God. And number 3, by their acts they were attempting to bring the presence of God into their situations. This never came up in the first service because of time. But for the purpose of the recording, second service, you have this one. All the altars, the sacrifices, and the worship was an attempt to bring God into their situations. Why? Because they discovered that the sacrifice brought some reward. And so they went on to give more sacrifices to bring God into their situations of marriage or business. For example, the Bible says, and Cain and Abel, when they made their sacrifices, God rejected the sacrifice of Cain and then, and then accepted the sacrifice of Abel. 
who on earth was there to see that God accepted Abel's sacrifice? In what way? And normally in the in the children's book, they would draw a smoke of Abel's sacrifice going up. Hey, God accepted. Oh my God. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew it. Number two. And then it is it is said that uh, when uh, God accepted Abel's offering, then Cain killed him. No way. Cain did not kill him after one offering. But after several others, probably over years. Now let me tell you what actually happened. Because God accepted Abel's sacrifices, God came into Abel's situation. God came into Abel's business and blessed his business. So the guy was multiplying and was prospering and was excelling. So Cain discovered that, ah, but me, we are two brothers. All of us go to make sacrifices. How come that my brother is always prospering and succeeding? He has houses and cars, his farm and his animals are increasing. And as for me, I don't have anything. So he actually began to be jealous because of the success and prosperity of Abel. And the Bible explains to us why Abel was more prosperous than Cain. Because Abel sacrificed to God, sacrifice of his heart and the best. And Cain began to be jealous. Now, this is the summary of it. When men are looking for God, now I've spoken to you about the, the patriots, the, the, the Bible characters. Now, it is a general observation that any man that is seeking for God must seek God in three ways. Every man, you seek God through worship. You seek God through your sacrifices, your tithes and your offerings. And then you seek God through an altar, the temple. One, you see God through your worship. Two, through sacrifices, including offerings and tithes. And then you seek God through the temple, which is your body, or the temple, which is this gathering. Church. Take this one from me and make no mistake from today. For God will not hold me blameless. If you don't take this prophetic counsel, the reason why you haven't seen God like the men of old, the reason why we are not experiencing God like them, hey, how can a man stand before a sea and stretch forth a rod and divide it? And we haven't seen that miracle to today. Where is that God? The reason is that those men had certain secrets. They practiced certain principles. They knew God to a certain level that we have not known him. How on earth can you toy with your titan? Don't you know that it is a means of contacting heaven? And communicating your love 
and bringing the presence of God down into your life. Hey! We had Dickens interview yesterday. And the first thing we inspect is their tight cards. I was shocked at some of them, the figures they have in their tight cards. Poor, bad, smelling, sacrificing. Which I as a man reject. And because I am a man of the spirit, I know God rejects. I asked one of them, tell me your salary. And then she mentioned, I said, so this is what you take and this is what you come and give to God. You don't know that it's supposed to be a tenth of what you earn. Then I said to her, you are a bad example of a leader and I will fail you this interview because I don't want you to come and lead the people and transfer the spirit of ingratitude and ungratefulness. I will fail you. Go and restore your relationship with God. And then come and be a leader of the people of God. Your offering, which you joke with, when, when it is time for offering, you anything at all, you just take it and throw it to the face of God. Hey! You are joking with your destiny. You are joking with your life. You are joking with your future. That thing which connects you to God, that thing which brings down the presence of God, which creates a dwelling place for God, is your offering, your sacrifice. You come, you must pick an envelope, package your offering, seal it, and show some honor and respect to God. And anytime it is offering, look amongst your, mo- your money and take the best because Abel always picked the best. That was how come God prospered him. Can you imagine how many times you have driven God when God wants to visit you? He looks at your tithing and says, I can't visit this one. He looks at your offering and says, I can't visit this one. He looks at your eternal altar and it's full of fornication and adultery. When I come to Moses, I'll show you something that will blow you. On Tuesday, we'll look at the secret of Noah. Let me watch your appetite with Abraham. God came to Abraham in chapter 15 of Genesis. And he said, Abraham, as for you, my covenant is with you. Only be blameless before me. I, uh, I, I, you are, I will exceedingly bless you. He God spoke big, big things. And I'll bless your descendants. I will bless and then God said, God, show me a sign that all these things will come to pass. Then God said, Abraham, come, 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 come. Take a lamb, take a goat, take a sheep, take a dove, birds, kill them, divide them into two pieces, line one up from there to there with all the blood, line the other one, all of them, and now sit down and watch. So Abraham, that first of all God said make an altar so he made the altar and then God said put a sacrifice on the altar every altar when it is made there must be a sacrifice on it and so the sacrifice was on the altar and then Abraham sat he was meditating he was waiting for God to come God didn't come then he fell asleep so when he fell asleep that was when God decided to visit then he saw in the vision fire came down 
and consume the animals. And through, through, behold, when he woke up, through, 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 the animals have been consumed by fire. He didn't see when the fire was coming. He just picked it up in a revel- as a revelation. And when he woke up, behold. So Abraham got up and said, Hey! God comes down on man's altar and consumes man's sacrifice. Hey! Jehovah, from today you have bought me oh, anything you tell me, now go do. So God come tell Abraham, Abraham, make you take your son Isaac and I'm going to kill him. And then Abraham, John, John, John. You see, he's like a stupid man, you see? <laughs> he was behaving like a stupid man. Going to kill who? His son, son. How old was his son? 25 years. Who was his son? The heir to his throne. The one who was going to groom, 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 groom. And I, what, what kind of murder is that? He takes rope and tie the guy. And takes knife. Which court will set Abraham free if Abraham was sent to court? Which court? Abraham will go and stand there and say my lord I heard the voice of God and God said I should sacrifice my son he said foolish man like you you think God is a murderer and God is a killer but you see when you see God and God dwells within your place and you know him and you can identify his voice your life looks very stupid and you look foolish in the sight of men are you understanding me even you, you see people laugh at you they say but you, young girl like you every day you are in church, quiet church, quiet church when your friends are going to the discourse and they are enjoying they are laughing at you, but look at them laughing at us, look at them laughing at us you out there you have gone to drink cocaine and alcohol now your face looks like a lot of samla. Cocaine, cocaine, yum yum. When the thing is not there and you can't get it, Jesus Christ, you can't stand. And you are laughing at me, but get look, look at your face. Look at when you come any. Must be laughing at you because uh, you are looking for God. Uh, I mean, that's for the Muslims, they are just funny. Muslims are looking for God, Hindus are looking for God. Hare Krishna people are looking for God, the fetish people are looking for God, Homo people are looking for God, Afasha people are looking for God. Everyday libation, they've poured all the drink. And yet they can't see this God. But as for me, I have seen that God. I know where he is. I know how to bring him into my presence. So when they are calling God, I laugh at them. I say, hey, hey, hey. This is not the way you call my God. You, you want my God to come after you? Create a dwelling place for him. And he will be there. And he will be. If somebody celebrating, rise up and shout Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. amen. Look at them laughing at us on our coffee. Calling, calling us next. C- can't you see me? You, can't, can't you see my lace? You know why I'm wearing this lace? Because I don't drink whiskey. Whiskey is too expensive. I drink Coca-Cola. 
and because Coca Cola, I'm able to save money. The, the, the big party that I will use one million to organize, you, you will use five million because one bottle of whiskey is 1.5 million. And one crate of mineral can save all my guests. So you see, I am wiser than you. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, I am wiser than you. Huh. Oh, you didn't hear me. Oh my God. Huh. Last time I was asked to go and test for AIDS. I went with insurance. I was going to do insurance. Life insurance cover. And they said I should go and test for AIDS. I went with confidence. Hekum. 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 My heart didn't pant. I went confidently. Gave my blood. And then, pam. Nege. I said, I said, I said, you should have given me, you should have given me, you should have given me negative, negative, negative to the power seven. And meanwhile, you, when they say go for AIDS test, then you are shaking. Because you've been sleeping like a chicken, chicken. Some people come to receive prayer when they say they go and do AIDS test. Pastor, I'm going to do AIDS and please pray for me. Next time, I will anoint you to, for, to be positive higher. When you, when, when you create a presence for God, you are not intimidated, you are not afraid, you are bold, you are confident, you are strong, you are healthy. Oh, come on. Somebody say, I hear you. Well, what is so beautiful as a young girl? When you are married and you know you are going into as a virgin. That night when you are going with your husband, you are confident. But if you are not virgin, you have told him that you are virgin. And then the married can say, yeah, right. <laughs> And then my, why did I tell this man that I am a virgin? Oh, Lord, please, Lord. Oh, Lord, please help me. And that night you intentionally make yourself tight. Osmono Bereni and me. I got the record. Hi. And why you pull you? Royal ladies. Women, I'm showing the trick. How you can be a virgin on the night of your wedding if you are not. Close your teeth and intentionally. Help me, help me. When, listen to me. When you do that, the following morning, the man will say, I will dress the bed. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for mocha. But he doesn't see mocha. After you are breaking covenant, you know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my, my house, house, we will serve the Lord. Shall God be known? 
And this Judah we are talking about is no other Judah than the only Judah you know. The fourth son of Jacob. The fourth son of Leah. He's the man. Judah. Leah, the mother, was the first to be married by Jacob. But the Bible says something very specifically and very sad and sometimes you think that God is partial. In chapter 29 of Genesis verse 31 the Bible says, but Jacob did not love Leah. Full stop. It is there. Also on Peno, smaller. His eyes were on Rahel. Because the Bible says Rahel's eyes were very open and she was beautiful to behold and Leah's eyes were she was quarter to one. When you are talking to Leah, Leah, you are, you are understanding her. Huh? What did you say? So Jacob didn't enjoy conversation with Leah. And the thing too, when you are talking to somebody you love, it must be eyeball to eyeball because the eyes charms you and moves something within you and it prepares you. And the mom giving you the coaching. Receive it. So, so here you are talking to your wife, and then Leah, uh, you are saying, uh, eh? Jacob, I mean, again. Uh, so, <laughs> Jacob did not love Leah. The Bible says, so then God opened Leah's womb and gave her a firstborn and she called his name Reuben and said, oh God, one man man whoa, one man 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 guasi made up for you. He said, his, his, his name shall be called Reuben. Meanwhile, Rahel was barren. And then God opened her womb again. Pam, number two, Simon. He said, ah, Simon, you didn't come at a good time. After Robin, I thought my husband would love me. But still. The man hasn't loved me. So you know how he decided to call Simon? Simon, for the Lord has seen my affliction. So anytime he sees Simon, he is remembered of his affliction. Hey, how can this person be a good person? Number three came, Levi. Pam. He said, Levi, I'm going to use you to cast insinuations. This Rahel, she said, which? She is causing my husband not to love me. So I call you Levi. For behold, now God will cause him to love me. But uh, the Bible says, still, Jacob did not love Leah. Somebody shout hallelujah to Jesus. Then number four came. And then Leah said, Ah, why should I stay with affliction? Why should I play rivalry with my sister? Why should I continue to be worried and to be troubled? I will call his name Judah. The word Judah in Hebrew means Yada. And it means, number one, 
reference to God or worship with extended hand. Judah means reverence to God and worship with extended hand. Number two, it means praise and thankfulness to God. Praise and thankfulness to God, worship with extended hand and reverence to God. What was Leah saying? He said, my sorrows notwithstanding, my shortcomings notwithstanding, I will choose to praise God than to live in affliction. I will call his name Judah. And see, oh my God. Hey, God hasn't forgotten about you. You know what God? When the time came for Jacob to transfer the authority of rulership to his sons, he lined all of them up. One would have thought that because Joseph was the one that he loved, he would have given authority to, to Joseph. He eliminated Reuben. Simon was eliminated. Baby, now. Hallelujah. Eliminated Simon. Eliminated Reuben. Eliminated all of them. And then came to Judah. And they hear the prophecy from Jacob. Judah, the setter shall not depart from you. Nor the lawgiver between your, your, your feet. What is the setter? The authority and the mandate to rule in Israel shall be produced by you. All your brothers shall bow down to you. And he goes on to describe him. You shall be like a lion. And as a lion waiting in your crotch. Or couched. Who shall. Run before you. Who shall come across your path. And he says. Until Shiloh. Has come. Until the Messiah. Has been produced by you. You will rule. You will rule. You will rule. So God decided that in spite of the unlovable situation of Leah and all his tears notwithstanding, God will now honor her that from her womb will come the authority of rulership. Why? Because she decided to bring down the dwelling place of God. She decided to create a dwelling place of God in her house. How did she create it? She created praise the Lord. That means praise the Lord. So anytime she calls Judah, it is like this. Praise the Lord. Where are you? Fetch water for me to drink. My, my husband doesn't love me, but praise the Lord. Bring me some salt. Uh, praise the Lord. Come, come, and, uh, uh, um, come and scratch my back for me. Because at that time, praise the Lord was growing. Praise the Lord. This trip I went, it's, it's very, very tiring. And I, I'm feeling like some pain in my neck. But praise the Lord. Just massage me because I know that I, in all this year, I am more than the conqueror. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know what? I wanted to accompany me to the hospital. I'm feeling some, some pains in this. Maybe I'm developing menopause. Praise the Lord. So, praise the Lord has surrounded her in every house. In all her house. Praise the Lord, Judah. Judah, praise the Lord. Judah, worship the Lord. Hey, worship the Lord. Come. Thanksgiving. Come. Thanksgiving to who? To God. For what has he done? For doing nothing. Because the husband said he didn't love him. 
But God in his wisdom, because a dwelling place had been created, God said, this is the time to honor this woman. I will make Judah the man to rule. And he said, in Judah therefore shall God be known. In Judah shall God be worshipped. The capital of Judah is Jerusalem. Powerful city. The Palestinians are after Jerusalem. Everybody wants Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, the temple which shall be rebuilt before the second coming of Jesus Christ shall be in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, Jerusalem is going to be the place everybody is going to run to. Americans have gone there to buy a whole hotel as they are embassy. The British are going there. The Chinese are going there. Russia. Jerusalem. Small country. Small. But when the hand of the Lord is upon you, when the favor of the Lord is upon you, because his name is praise and his name is worship. His name creates an environment and a dwelling place for God. The name of a person determines who he is. The name of a person or the meaning in a name tells how much you can go. My name is Sam Crunchy Ankara. In these 10 years, I have conscientiously and systematically with discipline on my path created and carved a name for my children. I appear in people's rooms, some of them kings and queens and big men. And then I preach and they can't shut the telephone. They can't shut the TV because they have a need. And they look around and everybody's asleep. And then I said, if you need a miracle, kneel down and touch the television. And then quickly they do it. They lock the door. Did you hear the testimony of the woman, the the 15-year-old boy who was paralyzed and was watching power in his presence? And then the father said he should go and sleep because it was so late. And he said his school children have been talking about the program, so he wanted to see it by all means. So the father went and slept, not knowing the boy didn't sleep. So the boy was sitting by the television, then I came on. And then I ministered. When I ministered, getting to the end of the push, and you know, when I began ministry, this boy started walking and started shouting. So this father woke up and said, Hey, didn't I ask you to go and sleep? He said, Daddy, Daddy, see, Daddy, I can walk. He said, What happened? He said, This man, the man on the television. By the time, by the time the father came, I was running up and I said, My name is Sam Franciankra, and I'll see you again next week. Same time, God bless you. So he just saw IBWC. He's a police officer. Then one of our members ran into the top and was sent to the police. And then he, the policeman asked him, are you a Christian? He said, yes. What church do you go? He said, attend Royal House. I believe you. He said, ha! Your pastor has done something for me. He healed my 15-year-old paralyzed child. The boy was strong. Nothing was wrong with him. All of a sudden, he couldn't walk again. And on that day, at 11 p.m., in their room, and there are thousands of such people across the world listen to me, I have met presidents and I have met kings who could tell me the sermon that I preached the previous Sunday or the previous Saturday, try and concentrate for a minute and forget about the smoke this is, this is demonic, they just want to distract us 
as a black man. When I say forget about the smoke, now before oh. Hey, why? You were not looking there. When I say forget about the smoke, no. I'm a good man to have commanded a fly to enter into your mouth. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Rise up and say, I am blessed. God bless you. Please be seated. Uncomfortable numbers of these men will kneel down in their rooms and then I'll pray. Big woman who is in the church today was hospitalized at 37 hospital and was dead, was dying. Then she was just turning the television and then pam, somebody was preaching some Krantiankra. So she listened and I prayed. The sickness which was unto death, she got healed. When she came from the hospital, her first stop and her last stop has been here. Come on, let's give the glory to Jesus. Amen. I said amen. So, so when the people meet me in person, they say, oh, reverend, that's, oh, and then some of them will embrace me. One day, I was looking for uh, an office somewhere at the ring road. I was very busy, and I was late. I met this man who lived about 60 years. I said, sir, I'm looking for this office around this place, and then he, you are reverend some French Ankara. Oh, oh, shake me before I show you the place. I said, this is blackmail. That's what they do. Hey! So, even though I was in a hurry, I had to just pray for the old man before he showed me the where the office was. And name. Name. But you see, I, I, had to, I had to make this name by hard work. Consistent preaching on power in the last six years. Studio every week. You know what that means? Radio God for three years. You know what that means? Preparing to come on television to say something that will meet the need of that young man, that young woman, that old man, that old man. Hey! To usher you into into, into a, a convention of saints. With these revelations and expositions, creating a dwelling place for God. If if you will forget about me in any way, not this one. I am teaching you how you can bring God down to your presence. God says, I should tell you, He is tired of you going looking for Him. Now you shouldn't look for Him anymore. Create a place and He will come and look for you. Did you hear what I said? When 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 other religion practitioners are struggling to know God, Christians are also struggling to know God. And yet God says they that want to worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Now has the tabernacle of God now come to dwell amongst men, saith the Lord. You don't go looking for God anymore. Create an environment. Create a dwelling place. And there he will be with you. Praise the Lord. Where are you? Praise the Lord. Because of praise the Lord, I have forgotten all my affliction.
how God will make a man whose name is worship so powerful so powerful so powerful in the series we'll be looking at three people that God didn't joke with three people that if you touch them God will come down and finish you one moment if you want to attain what those three men attain if you want to be the soul what of God God's God's most adored child loved child you must do what they did the Bible says and Abraham believed God so much that it was counted unto him for righteousness and then Abraham became a friend to God the day I read the scripture I said what man become a friend to God God you are too big too awesome how can man Abraham who went into May 7 become a friend to God but that's what God says he chose him to be a friend not a servant as for David it was even more serious God said to Samuel, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. I have found amongst his children only one man after my own heart. I said, hey, Jesus, I want this one. <laughs> to be a man that touches God's heart. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And, and the day Samuel got there, the David was not in the house. And yet, because of certain things that he, he, he had done to, to bring down God's dwelling place around him. Do you know what someone said? Jesse, I, I think that there is one person more. And he says, we will not get up and go until he comes. It means that if we have to wait for him for one week, we shall wait for him. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Jesus. Moses is serious. Moses is the third man. He's serious. Miriam and Aaron made a mistake and spoke to Moses harshly in the way they must talk to Elika. And then God said, Hey, Aaron, Miriam, Moses, come for a meeting. And then God said to uh, 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 Miriam and, and, and Aaron, How dare you talk to my servant Moses the way you did? As for you people, I talked to you through dreams and visions. But this Moses, I talked to him face to face like a friend. The day I read that thing, I, I speak to Moses face to face. How many of you would not like to have face to face chats and conversation and sitting with God? How many of you would not like to seek the face of the Lord? So, what did Moses do? What did Abraham do? What did David do? And I want to appreciate that the three of them did three different things. And you must know. He said, how dare you? So, 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 God will tell those who are persecuting you, those who are hunting after you. My brother, don't talk. I will face them for you. He said, how dare you talk to my son that way? Do you know that he's a child of God? Do you know that he worships me through tithes and offering? Do you know that he has contact with heaven? Do you know that he has, and, and, and he has created a dwelling place around himself and that I am there? Don't you know? How dare you?
these days Christians die like unbelievers accidents and they are there HIV AIDS and Christians small sickness that will attack a Christian or pump it's a curse it is a curse something is wrong with the church something is wrong with you God's presence is not there how can a child of God carry $10,000 to a corn man to go and do visa for him the visa man and you who has the presence of God who has the glory of God who must go and stand before the consulate and this big con man that you are talking about cannot even speak English. Most of them cannot even speak English. And you give him 5,000 pounds to go and do visa for you. Oh man, something is wrong with the church. Something is wrong with the child of God. You need to create a dwelling place with God. You need God's presence with you. On Tuesday, we shall continue. But let me tell you this one, which is a personal experience. I weep under three circumstances. Usually, one would have expected that I should weep when I'm hurt. But on the contrary, when somebody offends me and hurts me, I don't weep. I just go to God and I speak to God and I leave the person. Maybe at best, when I pick the microphone and I would give the person some back pass through my preaching. And in, in the first of it, I'll say, I, I will speak casantristically. When I speak casantristically, one, two, then I just drop the matter. And then I ask God to deal with the person. I don't cry. Number two, when I am upset by my staff and my pastors for irresponsibility and not doing their work well and so on, instead of crying, I will scream and I will shout. I will rebuke them and I will fight them. After that, it is over. We are friends again. When do I cry? Three things. Number one, when I am seeking the face of God and I want to hear an answer from God, I want a direction from God, I want God to give me an answer to something. I'm, I, I need something very badly for this church, for myself or something. And I know that disaster will, will come if God does not intervene. And then I see danger and problem coming and God is not responding. Oh my God. It, it break me down. And sometimes when I'm driving, I'll just start crying. I said, God, where are you? God, I want to see you. Why are you hiding yourself from me? And Jesus starts just running. The second situation that makes me weep is when the thing for which I'm praying and seeking God's face and crying, then God shows up and gives me the thing. It breaks me down. And I, become, I feel very sorry for impatience and for not waiting and for sometimes demonstrating faithlessness. I said, oh God, but you are there, you know that you could do it. Why, why did you keep so long? Then I become ashamed and then I start crying. And especially if I remember the song, it is, uh, it, uh, what is the song? It's good to know that you are there beside me. It's good to know that you are there to touch my thoughts.
up your hands and say, it's good to know. It's good to know that you are there beside me. It's good to know that you are there to touch my thoughts. It's good to know that you are there when I call. It's good to know. It's good to know that you are there. And, and the third thing that makes me cry is when God has done a miracle for me. And I want to express my love to God and I want to express my appreciation and satisfaction. Sometimes I, I run out of words. Words cannot describe what I want to tell God. I, I am always very grateful that I was nobody and God picked me and made me somebody. I'm always grateful for the opportunity I had to serve the people of God. I'm, I'm always very, very grateful that in my in these 10 years of passing this church, I have not run into financial crisis or 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 or, or any embezzlement. When I take money from the church. I want to buy a bus. I buy the bus. When I take the money from the church and I said I'm buying equipment, I buy equipment. Whatever I take money for and I say I am doing, I do it. And I am accountable to a group of elders in this church. I present accounts to them every year and they scrutinize it and they ask questions. It, it has not reduced my image and my respectability. Rather, it has added and increased it. And so I, I, I feel I, I just worship God. I just one thing I noticed between all the three circumstances is that number one, I realized in all tears start running down my eyes, and then all of a sudden, when the tears start running, if it is joy, joy comes. If it's a breakthrough that I need, a breakthrough comes. If it's an answer that I need, it comes. So I ask myself, why is it that anytime I cry before God, God answers my prayer, and God says that is my presence. My presence will not come and you remain normal. People say that we are emotional. If we are not emotional, what should we be? Worship involves your emotions. Prayer involves your emotions. You can never love God if you are not emotional. As a human being, what drives you to your wife is emotion. You, you see something about her it, it motivates you, it moves you that is why when your wife is growing too fat you are worried, honey check, check your weight, please check your weight because something can keep you away and can keep you attracted to other ones if it is not emotional, what is it? And, and how can you come before the presence of God and when the anointing of the Lord is so strong you stand there and you are smiling or you are chewing gum you are a joker you don't know what you are talking about. The presence of God, when it comes, abnormal things happen. You fall down with your coat and your suit. You are crying into your pancake and your lipo lipo. You, you, you don't care who is there and who is not there. All you know is that you are receiving from the presence of Jehovah God. I have seen people come over to me and say, Pastor, I invited somebody to church. The person said, your church was good, but you spent so much time. Tell all those people that we didn't make this church because of them. This church we made because of those who want to seek the presence of God. Those who want to touch God. Those who want to receive something from God. And, and I want to ask you, don't get discouraged. 
when they say they are not coming again because of time, and I'll give you the reason why you shouldn't get discouraged. In this church, we have sevenfold ministry. Number one, prayer. Two, worship. Three, praise. Four, preaching of the word. Five, miracles and ministrations and deliverance. Six, testimonies. Seven, choir ministrations. How can you do all these seven in one hour or two hours? It's not possible. Except the flesh is in control. These seven things can never be done in two hours. Can never. As a matter of fact, of late, I'm feeling guilty because I have done play some of the ministries. Sometimes when it, it is time to give testimonies, I start looking at my time. And I always have to go and apologize to those who are giving testimonies that, please, let's make it. Who are we deceiving? Don't you know that the testimony will, will lift somebody's spirit and heal somebody? How can I preach such a message and then say, give me offering and go home? I'm a wicked pastor. I've been talking to you about the dwelling place of God. If there is a place called the dwelling place, after preaching, I must demonstrate it for you to know that what I said was true. Healing must take place. Miracles must happen. Deliverance must take place. Please, tell those people for me. You can't eat your cake and have it. Tell them. Those churches that meet over one and a half hours, they are there. They should go there. Those churches, no prayer. And don't be, don't deceive yourself. What they do, shall we have open prayer? Father, we thank you that we are, where two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in your midst. We start the service in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's no prayer. It's no prayer. And then after that, shall we? Worship song. Shall we? It's, uh, one song. One song. One hymn. Worship is over. You are a joker. You are joking. After that, beautiful theological sermon. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour. After that, singing my former and then they take offering. And then you go say, what? This church is very short. Let me tell you what we do, which is short over here, which is acclaimed. Our weddings are very short over here. Yesterday, somebody came to Thomas, uh, Brother Tony's where they said, our wedding is very short. Within 15 minutes, we have blessed our marriage. All the rest that we do are in communes. Which, that is our stronghold. The reason is that we, we have seen weddings. Ah, so we are not coming to spend one hour on you over here. You are coming for the anointing. We release the anointing. Go and produce your children and enjoy yourself and go your way. In fact, as for Sunday services, I even feel guilty that we have to quickly get first service out and get service second, second service. I feel guilty. Sometimes you will notice that the Holy Ghost is moving, but because of that, we cut short the Holy Ghost. Is it a good thing? It's bad to ask the Holy Ghost to go and stay somewhere. It's only dead people who don't know what is the dwelling place of God who will say, Yes, I'm not sure. He said, we, we stay long. We stay long. Did we come looking at people's bodies and braziers and panties over here? I just want to be where you are. Jesus. Dwelling in your prayer. I don't want to worship from afar. I don't want to worship. Come on, stand up and let's worship the name of the Lord. Jesus, let's worship the Lord. Lift up your two hands. 
Come on, sing it again. I don't want to dwell. Dwelling daily in your presence. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Come on, say it. I don't want to worship. Lift up your two hands. Let's worship the name of the Lord. Something will happen here tonight. Something will happen here. A miracle. You are going to create a dwelling place. The second verse. Come on, sing it again. I don't want to be where you are. In your dwelling place forever. In your dwelling place forever. Take me to the place. Take me to the place where I just want to be. Come on, say it again. Hallelujah. I just want to be with you. I just want to be where you are. The chorus, come on. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence. Dwelling in your presence. Come on. Feasting at your table. Feasting at your table. Surrounded by your glory. presence in your presence oh that's where I always want to be come on second service there is a miracle happening here something is about to happen now lift up your heart lift up your heart lift up your soul come on something will happen miracles miracles I want to be where you are oh come on Come on, I want to eat at your table. Surrounded by your glory. Come on, let's worship the name of the Lord. Oh, come on. Lift up your heart and your soul. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to be. I just want to be. Come on, in your presence. Come on, where I'm stronger. Presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence. In your presence. In the cleft of the block, in the cleft of the rock, in your presence, oh God, in your presence, come on, let's sing it again in your presence, oh, that's where I am stronger. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord.
It is our fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. Royal House Chapel International, touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you. Ancient words will guide.